Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Thanks once again for joining us on The Talking Dead. This is episode number 35 for the 13th of December, 2010. And we are now a week a week removed from the final episode. A week past. A, a week very past. cold Monday. It's extremely cold here. I was going to say we're a week removed from the last episode of season one of The Walking Dead. So no new episode to talk about, obviously. But we do have some news, some show news, and some listener feedback. And that's primarily what this show is going to consist of. I figured we'd spend 15, 20 minutes talking about the weather. <laughs> well, you know, we probably could do that. It's the coldest day of the year so far where we are. And it was not very fun walking home from the subway this morning. No, it wasn't pleasant or coming to this, or from work. This evening, yeah. yeah. So I, I damn near died on the way home. My face almost froze and froze fell and off. fell out just slid right off your face yeah. no slid right off the front of your skull <laughs> that's that'd be gross. weird <laughs> gross. talk about zombies that'd be the grossest <laughs> one i've ever seen yeah <laughs> all right so yeah that's it's enough about the weather it's not so nice outside it's not that snowy but it's just cold and generally crappy unpleasant let's get right into the walking dead news shall we sure so we are first going to look as usual we're going to take a look at the ratings for the finale and once again, I am happy to say that they are very, very good. Fantastic ratings. It scored a 4.1 household rating with over 6 million viewers. That's a lot. That's a lot of people watching this show That's at one lot. time. Uh, if you factor in the 10 p.m., 11, and 1 a.m. airing combined, there was 8.1 million viewers. Maybe some people watched it more than once. Probably, but 8.1 sets of eyeballs, according to the stats, were on the t on their TVs when The Walking lot. Dead was on. Yeah, it's really good. Adults 18 to 49, 4 million. That's a big percentage of the 6 million people. Yeah, well, that's a that's a pretty big percentage to the TV watching population, right there. Yeah, you know, um, younger than 18. Well, they're not old enough to watch the show. 4 million people. I can't even fathom that number of people. I've seen 100,000 in one place. Maybe one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, for four million, I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. That's a lot of people. No, that's that's a hell of a lot of people. I've probably seen about a hundred thousand in one place before in a big outdoor concert. Yeah, something like that. Well, it was when the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays won the uh, Super Bowl. Know what do you call that? <laughs> yes, the Super Bowl of baseball, also known <laughs> as the, the, the great, uh, the, the great, the World Series. The World Series, that's the one. <laughs> now that was in the early '90s, right? That was in the early '90s. Yeah, and I walked up Young Street, and there was about uh, 120,000 people there. Yeah, but that's hard to estimate because you're just, you know, dispersed amongst the downtown area of the city. When I when we were at we were there together, weren't we? We were at a big concert in a park nearby here, and there was probably 100,000 people. Oh, yeah, people Sars Fest. Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was a lot of people. That's for sure. It sure was. That's and they even were, more. That's the, uh, that, I'm surprised they forgot about that. And they were all watching the same thing at the oh, same time. Oh, we too. saw ACDC. That was good. That was fun, wasn't that it? That was a great, great show. And the Stones and, and the Stones Rush. And Rush. We may be the only Canadians that aren't so fond of Rush. I don't know. ACDC was awesome. ACDC was Stole awesome. the show. Uh, so, 4 million people. Hard to imagine them all doing the same thing all at the same time, but they sure did. Now, the finale was the highest watched of all the episodes. Is that surprising or not? I don't think so. I think finales are pretty popular. 
They are, but premieres of, are popular and finales are more popular. But of a brand new show that only had six episodes, that is that is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Ph- it's the phenomenal snowman. Yeah, He's yeah, coming I'm to get us. Colored by the weather today. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, watching pair of eyeballs for each person on number of people. Having a little trouble today, oh are God. you? <laughs> my brain is completely shut down. It's cold and it's late. Okay. <laughs> I just kept going, hoping I could pull it together, but no, <laughs> it didn't fine. work. Finally, the last stat I have here is that the average in the 18 to 49 demo for the whole series was 3.5 million viewers. So that was the episode average uh, for the six episodes. That's pretty good. Which is pretty good. And apparently that makes it the most watched drama series in basic cable history in the demo. Demographic. That's what demo means. Yeah. Well, it also means uh, demonstration. That is true. So I got confused the first time I read that. Well, I'm sorry to confuse you, but yeah. 3.5 million average most watched series of all time. Pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Given that the the dramatic series that have been on TV, that is uh, pretty amazing. It is. Maybe someday The Walking Dead will sur- uh, will beat the record for all time most people watching a dramatic series. MASH? The, the uh, series finale is, of MASH? Is it MASH or is it Cheers? It's MASH. So do you know what the number is? Uh, a whole hell of a lot. I think it was 60 million or something like that. 60 million? Okay, yeah. that'll never be broken. Yeah, I, I looked it up briefly early today. and It was, it was in the uh, tens of millions. It was a lot of people. Now... Remind me, when was MASH on the air? Oh, my God. It was the 70s. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it was uh, late 70s, early 80s. I think the finale was in like 83, 84. I could be wrong. So do you think it garnered that, that kind of viewership because there wasn't as much on TV back then? No. It, MASH was a good show. I know that. I was, like MASH. But there's been lots of good shows since MASH. Well, there has been, but, uh, you know, the finale of MASH, I mean, it was a long-running series, and uh, the characters were all beloved uh, for the entire run, and they probably hyped the living crap out of the uh, out of the finale. So it got a lot of a lot of eyeballs staring at TV sets. Yeah, but 60 million as compared to whatever second place is. Might be Cheers. I don't Could know. Could be Cheers. Cheers had a lot. But, like, the, your average show now, like even a finale of Lost, I don't know what the ratings were for that, but I can't even imagine that being over 10 million. It was up there. It wasn't close to 60, though. Well, not not 60, but it was up there. Huh. Anyways, wouldn't it be great if 60 million people watched The Walking Dead? They'd never cancel it then. <laughs> no. <laughs> they could charge anything they want for ads during the show. That'd be great. Yeah. So there you go. That's going to be our last report on the ratings of the show. Overall, they were spectacular. Um, I think I said last week AMC is probably a little disappointed they didn't order more episodes, but they really had no idea going in. And uh, we hope next season will be just as good. Yeah. Moving on, also in the news, the Walking Dead DVD and Blu-ray cover art and special features have been revealed. This comes from Amazon.com where you can pre-order the uh, either set right now. Anything, really. Yeah, pretty much anything. Um, the cover art is the standard uh, deserted highway Rick on the horse image that we've all seen and love. Yep. The special features are listed as a making of. Fine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Webisodes. Webisodes? Yeah. Audio commentaries. Behind the scenes footage. And that's it. Do you know what are the webisodes? Well, I think it, I, I don't know for sure, but maybe it's some of the production videos they released like uh, Melissa Cowan being made up as Bicycle Girl, stuff like that. That's not really a webisode. It's not. A webisode is, uh, you know, in character stuff, right? 
Uh, no, not always. It can, be, it can be like a serialized making of a TV show, right? I don't know. I don't know if that classifies in my mind as a webisode. A webisode is a short, dramatic That's true. something that goes on in character. Like it's in the show, uh, whereas you know the make you know, makeup process of uh, Bicycle Girl is a behind the scenes kind of thing. That is true. It's uh, on the web. I mean, we've all seen it, but uh, that's true. And they make a distinction here of webisodes and behind the scenes footage and a making of documentary. So, right. My first reaction to this list was that it was it seemed a little bit lame. There didn't seem to be anything exciting here. Nothing exciting like having the series the option to watch it in black and white. I know that seems right. small, but to me, I think that's an exciting thing because it's new and it's different. Other shows don't do that, and The Walking Dead is in a good place to do something like that right. for obvious reasons. Um, so the webisodes, you might, you're right, they might be in character, so they could be just deleted footage that they're going to put together into uh, kind of like deleted scenes almost. Well, the way I think of it is they might be doing something that, uh, you know, even take a character that may not have... Uh, Played a pro- played a prominent role in the uh, in the series, like grab one of the Vatos and have him do a you know a personal diary kind of thing. You know, actually that would a, be cool. Just staring at a camera and just talking about what's going on, and then maybe mention you know this group of people showed up and they did all these weird things and then they helped us and then they took off kind of thing. That would actually be really cool. And come to think of it, you know, we could get a lot. We could get more of what was going on at the camp even with some of the characters that we do know. Oh, it could be uh, Morgan and Dwayne. We could get a webisode with Morgan and Dwayne. Morgan that and Dwayne would, be, would awesome. be cool. You know, leaving their house and, you know, embarking for Atlanta, and maybe we don't find out sort of what happens to them, but that do, would be cool. Do you remember in uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, the remake uh, with, uh, what was her name, Sarah Polly? Sarah Polly, yeah. Um, do you remember the, uh, uh, there was a guy that was in the, the gun shop that was across the way? Not particularly, but it's been a while since I've seen that. They had to drive over and get him. They sent him the dog with sandwiches, and then they had to drive over and get him, but then he got bit. He was on the roof. He was shooting people, and they, they were holding up a sign saying, the guy that looks like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> okay. And they, yeah, and uh, they, uh, I think in the, the DVD release of that, they had a uh, series of that character doing uh, like a video diary mm-hmm. of doing stuff. And he would say, okay, it's day 32, and I'm communicating with these people across the way in a mall, and then all of a sudden... You, uh, you see, he comes back and he's bleeding profusely from his hand, and uh, you know he got bit. And mm-hmm. So it just kind of adds depth to that character yeah. within that story. I think they could easily do something like that. It's cheap. It's uh, you know you get bring back a minor character. I'm sure they would love to. They could expand their role. They could flesh out Jenner even. Come to think of it, you know what's he been doing for for six weeks in there? Jenner, I think that would be perfect. You know, we that, just saw great. we just got a taste of him doing those broadcasts. We could we could get a lot more of that, or just see him doing the experiments. We could get the story of him and his wife. We could start off with the broadcast of uh, his wife or him mm-hmm. uh, and or him at the same time, and then yeah, I think bring that uh, that whole story in. That'd be great. Well, the more we've discussed it, the more exciting I'm get getting about the potential for the webisodes. So for hopefully, sure. hopefully they are something really cool and and worthwhile. We should do our own webisodes. That would be good. <laughs> Why not? We could do our own commentaries, maybe. Why don't we do a podcast about the show? Now you're thinking. There we go. No. <laughs> yeah, right there. Speaking of audio commentaries, um, I think it'll be really, really fun to have guys like Robert Kirkman and Frank Darabont and maybe some of the actors sit and watch the episodes and chat about them. That'd be great. You know, I don't typically listen to commentaries on DVDs. It's very rare it's, that I put yeah, one on. Yeah, me too. Rare. I've done it, but I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever gotten all the way through a movie watching the commentary. And there are certain films out there 
that have been released that I've heard the commentaries are really, really good and worth checking out. But I still rarely seek them out, and I don't really sit down with them. I think in this case, I would make an exception. Though. Well, of course. You know, because I'm I'm so involved, and I just am so interested in what goes on and what everyone involved has to say that right. I think I would definitely sit down with them. So I would definitely, too. So there we go. We'll get those. Um, I didn't write down the date that this comes out, but it's March something. March 8th or 28th or 18th or sure. something like that. <laughs> there There's you go. an 8 in there somewhere. I have a feeling there is, but I could be wrong. I'll check it later. 8s kind of look like 6s, so you could be confused. Yeah, you never know. If you are if you are interested, go over to Amazon.com and pre-order now. <clears throat> the Walking Dead gets a Writers Guild of America nomination. Ooh. It goes, uh, it's for Best New Series. Excellent. Nothing nothing too <laughs> unexpected there, to be, awesome. to be quite honest. The other contenders in the categories are Boardwalk Empire. Very good show. Treme? Treme. Treme? What is that? Also a good show. It's about after Katrina down in New Orleans. Oh. Uh, it's got This one's got John Goodman in it. I have never heard of it. Uh, Jenny watched a couple of episodes. I haven't, uh, haven't actually seen it, but she uh, can't speak highly enough about it. She loves it. Now, I don't mind revealing that I'm kind of a boob, but what does the title mean? Uh... I'm also a boob, apparently, because I don't know what the title okay. means. Okay. We'll uh, figure that out, maybe. Also up for the the award is Men of a Certain Age. Don't know it? I don't know that either. And Justified. Don't know that either. I've heard of it, but haven't watched it. Strangely, I haven't watched any of these shows. And Boardwalk Empire is the kind of show that I probably would like to watch. We just finished the, uh, the 12th episode of Boardwalk Empire, which I believe is the finale. It sure felt like a finale. Uh, on Saturday. Well, 12 is about, it's HBO, right? It's HBO, yeah. 12 is what they do, it's I think. It's 12 or 13, so, you know, it sure felt like a finale, but I wasn't absolutely sure it was a finale. Okay. Fantastic show. Great show. You should definitely check it out. All right. Well, I should check that out. And Steve Buscemi is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, he's usually good, though. He's, Come on. He is good, but he's brilliant in this role. All right. I will def- definitely check it out. There are two shows that I need to watch. Well, maybe three now, but the other one is Dexter. <laughs> Well, you, you have to. I, I need to start at the beginning and watch Dexter. You have it. I take ridicule from people for not having seen that. Deservedly so. Yeah, I know. You deserve to be ridiculed <laughs> okay. and shunned even. I might even shun you a little bit. Oh, don't shun me. <laughs> you have it. I can handle the ridicule, the shunning, I don't know. Man. You have the first three seasons in your possession, I believe. I do. I borrowed them from you, and yeah. I just got to get around it. Actually, the first one I purchased and still haven't watched it, so one of these days. Good, Good, good show. The winner of the Writers Guild of America award will be announced on the 5th of February at a ceremony. I don't know. I don't think that's on TV. So we'll keep our- Secret ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Underground ceremony. (laughs) In the secret underground lair where the writers (laughs) have their guild. (laughs) They don't let writers see sunlight, apparently. (laughs) No. It's got to be in a secret lair so that their eyes don't get hurt. That's when they're at their most creative. Yeah. Uh, So we'll- figure out uh, when the winner is announced. We'll let you know who it is. Hopefully it's The Walking Dead. Yeah, that'd be great. I have a good feeling. But then again, you're saying Boardwalk Empire is so good, so we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some stiff competition there, but uh, I have high hopes. Okay, a couple of quick hits before we move on to the next segment. The building that was blown up in the finale, the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. Oh. Not actually the Center for Disease Control. It's got a C in it, Cobb. Center for Energy. <laughs> yes. You're right. The Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. I assume Cobb Energy is a sponsor of the building and therefore owns the naming rights. I would assume so. And uh, there you go. 
There was also a rumor in the last couple of weeks that Charlie Sheen, everyone's favorite playboy, would play a zombie, but AMC quickly shot that down. Well, good for them. Yeah, uh, I think it would be hilarious to see Charlie Sheen play a zombie. And that's get... the problem, though. Well, because yeah, you're lending comedy to zombies, and they're not supposed to be comedic. They're not supposed <clears throat> to be fun in this show. They're not supposed to be, you know, hey, look, it's Charlie Sheen. Hey, look, it's a clown zombie. Oh, and a police <laughs> zombie, and yes, we've got a stripper zombie, and cause, yeah, you know, Zombieland had all of those things, and it was awesome, but it has a different tone than The Walking Dead. Very different feel. Very different feel. You're right. Putting Charlie Sheen in unrecognizable, though? I mean, what's the point? But, you know, I'd I'd be all right with that. Yeah, well, it's still, it's uh, even if he's there and you don't really recognize him, all all of a sudden you've got that kitsch factor of, oh, we got to find Charlie Sheen. True. And it kind of makes them, uh, makes the zombies less this, uh, you know, menacing horde, more of a, hey, let's spot the the Charlie Sheen. (laughs) I know I wanted to play Let's Spot the Extra. Like I've sp- I've spotted a few extras that we've uh, announced as casting, uh-huh. and it's a lot of fun because I think I recognize him or yeah. I recognize her. Yeah, that's okay. You're right. Uh, so Charlie Sheen, keep him away from the show. Uh, wise choice. Wise choice. Wise choice. I think the rumor probably never had any truth to it, and it just came up because of his recent personal troubles. Ah, he probably tweeted it. No, I'm going to be in The Walking Dead. <laughs> that's right. We can't forget too that Thomas Jane at some point is going to be in The Walking Dead. He basically confirmed that last uh, before the show started a couple months ago. That's great. That, that's okay, that's as fine. if he plays a real character. Yeah. You know, because he's awesome. Um, finally, according to Entertainment Weekly, Robert Kirkman told them that he wanted to kill more people in season one. You know he's a little bit kill-happy, well, if you read the comic book. Yeah. And he says, if anything, if I were to criticize the first season at all, which I think were great, I would say... I wish we had killed more people. I agree. Well, if, if you had to criticize in any way any kind of flaw in this first season of The Walking Dead as compared to uh the the first say 12 issues of The Walking Dead comic book there was a lot more main characters killed in the comic book than there was on the uh on the television show. And I I would agree with him. It's like uh, one of the things about the, the comic book that I absolutely loved is that any main character could be killed off at the drop of a hat. You know, walking past a lurker and they grab your ankle and you're dead. It's true. I mean, any and and many of them have met their demise in the comic. Um, I think probably Rick is the only one that's safe for now, or at least He's pretty safe. Uh, pretty safe. Maybe just yeah. Carl. Carl is pretty safe, but. I think we've talked about it before that I, I really think that The Walking Dead is Carl's story. At least the comic book is. And I think at some and point... Sophia. Uh, maybe Sophia. She'll be... They'll survive together. But I think at some point um, Rick is going to get killed in the comic when Carl's... When he's like just old enough to be on his own. Right. Kind of. And then it'll sort of go on from there. So that's a different topic though. Um, so Kirkman wishes they'd killed more people in season one. They killed a few. They did kill a few. I would have liked to have seen one of the uh, the main characters die. Yeah, it would have been. Well, uh, I'm I've two minds of seeing Shane Amy, die. Amy died. Amy did die, and she was one of the main characters because she had the like. If you take the main characters as in posters were made for them before the show started, mm-hmm. like they had a whole list of posters. They had the cast all together. Mm-hmm. She was on that on that list. Was she on one with Andrea, or did she have one by herself? She had one by herself. Okay. So she was she was in the main character list, and they killed her off. And I, you know, we all expected it. 
but it was still a nice thing for them to do. But I think one of the main <laughs> killing her off. It was a nice thing. It for was them a to nice do. thing yeah. to do. I mean, giving us a main character, something <laughs> a little juicy to you know to die. Like, you know, if I may draw another comparison to Lost, when uh, Mister Echo died. Mm-hmm. You know, in the second season, or was that the third season? Uh, he I was think still it was, in the second. I think season. It was at least third, yeah. Uh, well, when he died, that was a big deal. He was a <laughs> beloved character. He was beloved. He was a newish character, but people did love him because he was unique, right? Yeah, he wasn't your cu- cookie cutter type character. No, he so. was great. Well, more dead people. I'm sure there's going to be more dead people coming up in season two. Yeah. Not to worry. That is it for the news. And speaking of dead people, Jason, uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago, we announced a poster contest. Ooh. The criteria for the contest was that you had to email us who you thought would live or die in the finale. We got a whole bunch of entries. We put them all. We we took all of the people who got it right or close to right. Mm-hmm. What we did is anyone who called the right person dying, even if they called other people dying. Right. They were entered into the hat to win. We shook it up, and we pulled the winner. You're talking like uh, we don't know who died. Well, we do know. The person who died. The person who died in the finale was? Well, it was, uh, what's her name? Jackie. Jackie. (laughs) Good. You didn't know who died, it sounds like. brain is not working tonight. (laughs) So Jackie is the only person of the group of characters that we defined for the contest who didn't survive. Yeah, Jenner didn't count. Jenner didn't count, although he did die as well. He was blown up in the Cobb Energy Center with Jackie. So Jackie's the only one. So anyone who called Jackie, even if they called other characters, were put into the hat. We mixed it around. It was a wonderful hat, too. We won. Yeah. We used a great hat. (laughs) It was a good hat. (laughs) We still have it, though, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll use it for the next contest, too. It'll be the Walking Dead, the Talking Dead contest hat. But we've rambled on long enough. The winner of our poster is, thank you for the drum roll, Mike from, we don't know, We don't know where Mike's from. (laughs) No, Mike did not uh, say where he's from. His email, though, was... Rick, Lori, Carl, Shane, Dale, Andrea, Glenn, Daryl, Carol, Sophia, and T-Dog will all live. Jackie will die. Right also, on the money. Also, you guys are rad. Also right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, Mike. <laughs> so, Mike, we're going to contact you by email and get your choice of uh, Walking Dead poster. And uh, there you go. Congratulations to the winner, and thank you to everyone who entered. That's awesome. We're going to put it in a tube. We will put it in a tube, and we'll get it out to you. That'd be great. Um, okay. We're going to take <clears> a quick break, and when we come back, we will play a bunch of listener feedback that's built up for play and read, I guess, a bunch of listener feedback that has built up for a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. This is The Talking Dead. We'll be right back. Shine anymore. The moon ain't gonna rise again. 
Okay, it's time to come back and do some listener feedback. The first one is a call from Dave in South Texas. Here's what he had to say. Hey, guys, this is Dave from South Texas. I just listened to your recap of uh, the Vatos episode, and you were saying about what the guy, the kid was saying in the, in the alley, and he was yelling stuff. I think he was saying, yelling, uh, ayudame, ayudame, which means help me. So I was calling for his uh, friends for help. Anyway, that's it. Like the podcast, keep the good work, and I'll keep listening. Bye. All right. Thank you very much, Dave. So, ayudame. Good to know. Uh, means help me. So uh, we had a couple of people email that in as well. But uh, like I say, you call in, you get on the air. <laughs> so, so It's a rule. It's a rule. So thanks, everybody, for uh, clearing that up. I don't speak Spanish, so I wouldn't have known. Nor do I. I don't no. speak French either. No, neither do I, which is sad because here we are in Canada where they speak French, some of us. They yeah, not many actually. <laughs> come to think of it, well, not here. No, not here. But a lot of people do. My wife speaks French. Yeah, you know, my wife says she speaks French, but I'm not sure she does. You know, well, your wife speaks speaks Czech. That's true. Very, very well. Yeah, doesn't count though. Okay, next, uh, the next bit of feedback we have is uh, Mark from Toronto. He writes in and he says. It was an airstrike that hit the hospital. You can clearly hear the jet, and two to three seconds later uh, was uh, was the impact. Most likely called in by the Marines retreating the building with the civilians. Oh. So he's referring to the flashback we saw of Shane in the hospital trying to rescue Rick. Right, where there was the shaking of the building and the power went out. That's right. So it was an airstrike. Great. That's cool. That's he, a good point. He goes on to say... Uh, he goes on to answer a bunch of questions we had, actually. The next one, checking the chest is actually the proper thing to do as a person in a coma can have blood pressure so low as to not have a discernible pulse. Huh. So Shane knew what he was doing. We we were all going on about check for a pulse in the neck or the wrist or whatever, but I guess if your blood pressure is way low because you're in a coma, you just have to listen and uh, hear anything. I still think the needle in the eye was the right thing to do. Needle in the eye. He poked and put a needle. Remember we talked about this? And you know, make sure somebody's dead. You uh, you put a needle right in their eye. If they flinch, they're not dead. True, but, oh, but okay. This is zombie apocalypse. That might not hold true. Well, and coma. <laughs> also, uh, breathing might not hold true either. Yeah, right. Because we know the zombies breathe. We do. Amy breathes for sure. Yeah. Um, in the teaser of Wildfire, it showed F thirty four CJ TS nineteen in Vi's playback. Um, CJ, a.k.a. Carol Jenner, also shown is rate of, ne- oh boy, necrosopis? Necro- necrosposis, whatever that is. Cool name, though. Necroposis? <laughs> Necroposis? Ne- Necrosepsis. Necrosepsis. That is, that's Necrosepsis. It. Necrosepsis. That's a cool word. Yeah. I agree with that. Complicated word. Complicated. He goes on to say the grenade used was an M67 fragmentation grenade. Oh, fragmentation. It's filled with 6.5 ounces of composition B. It has a 5-meter kill radius and a 15-meter dispersal radius and has been known to have shrapnel land as far as 250 meters away. It has a 4-second fuse. Okay, so Rick was nowhere near far enough away not to get hurt. No, not for this grenade, it sounds like, because he was... He might not have been in within, within the 5-meter kill radius, but he was, I'd say, definitely inside the 15-meter dispersal radius. Which means he would have been hit by a shockwave of some kind. And some shrapnel. 
and some shrapnel. You know, he would have got And various it. pieces of floor and stuff. And, yeah. The glass in the window would have blown out. Yeah, but there would have been, right? like, a floor thing. And yeah, for sure. For sure. So, hey, it's Rick. Hey, yeah, you know, the uh, the protagonist, he's always lucky. you got to be lucky to be a protagonist. That's right. Uh, that's the Han Solo rule, I call it. That's right. You never lose your hat, either. That's the Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's the Indiana Jones rule, yeah. Uh, as for what Jenner whispered, here's a theory on that. We've had a few. I believe he told him the location of Herschel's farm. Somehow uh, somehow Jenner knows him or is related to him. Hmm. <clears throat> and Why uh, wouldn't he just say that, though? Go to Herschel's farm. It's like five miles outside of town. Yeah. Have fun. It's true. I, it's I, not he, a secret. He'd say, I know this guy, you know... Somehow I know he's there. He's alive. He's got, got a, a barn farm. full of zombies. He's fine. Yeah. Watch out for the barn, but go there. You know, he might be able to help you. Interesting theory, though. Could could come true. You never know. I mean, Rick yep. could, uh, in the first episode, he could turn around and say, everybody, before we left, the crazy doctor who wanted to stay told me where we can go to be safe. You know? Yeah. Not totally outside the realm of possibility. Um, finally... Mark uh, wraps up by saying, great freaking game versus the Caps. Leafs, great comeback. Go Leafs, go. So I guess he's from Toronto. Did I say that? Yeah, he's from Toronto. Awesome. There you go. Good work. He's cold today, too. Yeah, he obviously is. Daniel from Rio de Janeiro writes, hi, guys. I'm Daniel from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) Great work. Sorry. That's Chris. I'm laughing at Chris, not Daniel. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I just love The Walking Dead and your podcast as well. That's awesome. But you guys know what is not awesome? <laughs> Having to wait 10 months for the next season. Until then, Shane and Lori's baby will already be a college <laughs> zombie. Spoiler. Keep on with the good work, guys. Now, and now, for a terrible joke. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what is the term used to describe a zombie computer hard drive space? Oh, I don't know. Sure you do. Megabytes, B-I-T-E-S. <laughs> P.S. Sorry if my English is not perfect, and sorry for the joke. That's okay. Thank you, Daniel, for writing in. You are definitely our first person from Rio de Janeiro. First one to write in with a joke, too. First person to write in with a joke. That's right. It's excellent. Moving right along, Grant from Vancouver writes in uh, with a whole bunch of stuff. He says, hey, guys, loving the podcast and sad the show's first season is already over. My hope is that they have the finale coincide with Halloween next year instead of the premiere. Mm. I had a few thoughts and theories on season two I wanted to share with you. First of all, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. Let's have the finale in October instead of the premiere. We'll start it uh, in the summer sometime. August. I'm okay with that. It would have to be before August because there's only there's 13 12. episodes. 13 so. episodes. I think you could do it in August. Yeah, maybe. Uh, great idea, though. That's a fantastic idea. Don't actually. have to wait so long, and they can really market towards a big finale during Fear Fest. That's right. I see no, I see no reason not to do that. And you could also they'll also put in uh, that way you can have a uh, a marathon the day of, right? That's true. All day Halloween. When does Halloween fall uh, next year? It could be an all day uh, Walking Dead marathon. Twelve episodes plus the six. That's eighteen episodes in a row they could play. That'd be amazing. There's 13 episodes in the season, so 19 episodes. Oh my total. god, that's too many. <laughs> 18 is fine, and 19 is just no. I'm kidding. Then it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, look up when Halloween is. I, I'm going to go on right to to continue with Grant. He says, uh, so here are his the- theories on season two. First of all, Shane is going to openly blame Rick Rick for the death of Jackie and accuse him of almost killing them all. This questioning of his leadership will really ramp up the awkwardness and Laurie triangle and build the tension in their relationship. 
Hmm. Straight, uh, straight theory there, I'd say. I like it. Not, not bad. Monday. It's a Monday? It's a Monday. Yeah, it's a bad day for a marathon. They'd have to run it on a Sunday, yeah, the day would. before, which they probably would anyways. Yeah. That's fine. So Sunday is Sunday will be ne- next. Well, if they skipped a year. <laughs> skipped a year? <laughs> yeah, well, if they skipped next year and then had the year after, maybe don't, it's on a Sunday. Don't even say things like that, <laughs> man. 2012. <laughs> the Walking Dead, returning Halloween, 2014. Good luck. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Rick and Shane and Lori relationship is going to probably come to a head next season of some kind. I would kind. think so. I would think so. And I think Grant may be onto something here with, with uh, Shane getting rather upset that the CDC didn't really all work out, work out so well and blaming Rick. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Great theory. He goes on to say, comic readers are going to see the Shane slash Carl murder situation from a mile away. All we'll need to see is Carl getting a gun safety lesson from Rick, and after that it's just a matter of Rick and Shane being left alone, and it's bound to happen. That's if you know the comic. True if you know the comic, but that's what he says. Comic readers are going to see this coming from a mile away. Also true. He's got a really good point. You know, as soon as they hand a gun to the kid, to, to Carl, you're like, all right, well soon, matter of time, yeah. we're going to see him. And when he gets the hat. He hasn't gotten the hat yet either. No, he hasn't got the hat. I'm surprised they didn't do that. They'll probably give, it, give him the hat with the gun. Maybe. You can't shoot a gun without wearing a hat like this. That's true. <laughs> Why not? Um, Here's a few alternate ways I see it playing out. Here's some interesting, more interesting stuff. Shane has another not-so-nice run-in with Laurie, Carl sees it and blasts Shane. I half expected that last time. I half expected it too. I got to agree. Shane gets bit, becomes a zombie, and attacks Rick, Lori, and Carl. When he's alone, Carl blasts Shane. I don't know. I like the storyline in the comic book better with what happens to Shane. I do too. I as agree. far as zombie goes. I agree. It's uh, it's more satisfying for Rick's character. Yeah. You know, it develops him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was a great, that was a great, you know, scene in the, uh, in the comic. It really was. He continues, we've seen a zombie child get murdered, and we've seen zombies violently murder adults, but will the show get away with a child killing a non-zombie adult on AMC? Mm. <clears throat> Good point. That child violence is uh, is a touchy, touchy subject. I was one of my major concerns with this uh, when they first started, when they first announced that they were making this television show. Uh, having children commit these acts of violence is a very serious thing and it's a very very touchy subject not only for the actors but for the story as well mm-hmm. no I agree and you it's can, you can get away with a lot of that kind of thing in graphic novel form sure I, I think we talked about this in one of the earlier one of our early early episodes we talked about um, Kill Bill the first uh, Kill Bill when uh what's her name, Lucy Liu's character, when they were giving her backstory, they did it all animated. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they did that all animated because they couldn't get away with that live action. A 13-year-old girl being uh, raped and uh, you know, repeatedly ha- this guy has sex with her and then she gets a, a samurai sword and kills him mm-hmm. for quite violently. They could never get away with that live action. They had to do it in uh, graphic form. And I think it's very similar with this show. Having children commit these acts of violence is going to be touchy. The case of Kill Bill, though, do you think it was just because that was a major studio film? I like. I got to think that indie films could do that. You know, they might get 
the they might not get a favorable rating from the Tarantino MPAA. films are all indie. Uh, he didn't have major studio backing. Well, are you sure? Yeah, I don't know, but it's still a major film. It's not like well, it's Tarantino. Yeah, it's Tarantino. So, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I don't, I don't know if saying they couldn't get away with it is necessarily the right thing. It might have been a conscious decision to not portray that live action because it would result in an NC-17 rating or something like something. that. You know. Um, but but you're right. I mean, it's it's touchy. Having Rick shoot the the little girl zombie in the beginning might be as far as they can go with kid violence. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I you know, uh, he he finally says here, uh, maybe Lori, you know, maybe they change it up altogether and Lori kills Jane to keep her pregnancy a secret, or something like that. I don't know if she'd do that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Who knows? It's never, you know, we don't know. We don't even, A, know she's pregnant. That's, right. that's just a theory. <laughs> and B, if we do, there's never going to be a clear answer on whose baby it is, I wouldn't think. So there no. you go. Um, finally, uh, Grant from Vancouver says, I'd like to see it play out as it does in the comic, but I think it's very important to Carl's character development. Uh, because it's very important to Carl's character development, it's also such a memorable moment between Rick and Carl. Yep. <clears throat> so I agree, uh, but I suspect that they're going to change it up a little bit on us, if for no other reason than to just keep us guessing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <clears throat> Victor, from an unknown location, writes in to say, Hey guys, still loving the show. It's very fun to listen to, and I thoroughly enjoy each episode and look forward to it. Um, I want to address the idea of the governor. It was said on episode 33 that you guys are behind the idea that Merle could be the governor. I just wanted to give my two cents. The character of the governor, at least as I feel, can't be changed to Merle. The governor is introduced in the comics as a somewhat nice guy and a clear leader. These two things, Merle is not. It was mentioned quite often that Merle is a douchebag, (laughs) not someone who really gets along with people, and it's been established that he's not entirely mentally stable. (laughs) The governor's turn to evil serves as one of the major themes of the comics and the show. Things are not always what they seem. Episode 4 is a big example of this, the Vatos being portrayed as a rough, tough gang, and and when it's revealed that it's a persona they put on makes the episode a little more powerful. It's crucial that the twists occur with the governor, and if Merle is the governor, there will be no doubt that he's evil, as he will most certainly want revenge on the group for abandoning him. Plus, him not having a daughter, in brackets, I'm not sure if the little girl is the governor's daughter or not, and the scene where he gives the undead child a kiss is undeniably creepy, (laughs) and it serves to the character's insane nature. But obviously this is just my opinion, and it serves as just that, an opinion. Anyways, I can't wait for season two, and to hear more from you fellas. So... Well, of course, Victor's absolutely right on all accounts. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got to agree. Um, I don't know if the governor's necessarily introduced as a, as a nice guy. It's a possible haven, though. It's a possible haven, and you find out pretty quickly, though, that they have zombie battles in the arena and things like that, right. which should be a clue that these people aren't necessarily... The nicest folks in the world. Right. However, I, I, I see Victor's point. You know, it's it's a possible haven, like you said, and and they're looking for anything at that point, right? Yep, where they, they can are. where they can survive. So um it's revealed pretty quickly that the governor's not a nice guy though. And if it's Merle, we're gonna know right up front that, well, 
uh-oh, it's Merle. That's true. He's probably got some hard feelings. We don't get that doubt. But maybe Merle, uh, you know, they'll flip it on its end, whereas uh, we assume that Merle's going to be this evil, heartless bastard that wants to get back at the group for abandoning, abandoning him on the roof and having forcing him to cut his own hand off. Maybe he's, he's going to turn out to be a nice guy. And that somebody else will... Uh, I don't know what they're going to do at that point, but maybe Merle will be like the, you know, the the happy, uh, hey, I'm back with my brother, everything's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's have some drinks and eat some squirrels. It's a possibility. I mean, he's he will have had time to cool off by then, you know. Yeah. Um, and he might just be happy to see his brother again. The other interesting thing they could do, of course, is make his intentions, you know, purposefully unclear. Right. If they run into him later and he's whatever he's doing if he's if he's with a group of survivors or not you know he could join them and s- everything could seem hunky-dory for a while but you never know what he could really be scheming behind the scenes true and we as the audience might be led into that while our characters are not you know it's one of those things where they could play that up a little bit oh the three's company gambit <laughs> yeah well, the audience always knew what was going on and the characters never had a clue and it was always confusing for them uh-huh. it was hilarious for us so they could pull a Three's Company on The Walking Dead. That's right, the Three's Company gambit. <laughs> Is that a term you coined? Just now. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so y- you never know. Um, I do sort of like the idea that Merle shows up again as a villain character. Whether he's the governor or not, who knows? You know, He could be something completely new. Right. And uh, he could rain down terror on our group for a long time. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Okay, moving on. Finally, John from Ashburn, Virginia, wrote in about Rick's gun. He says, The python, referred to by Rick and Shane in episode four, I believe, is a Colt python, a revolver that is occasionally used by police departments, although in this era most departments have moved uh, to semi-automatic pistols such as those made by Glock and Sig Sauer. Oh, Sig Sauer. The python was chambered for the 357 Magnum cartridge, although 357s can also fire 38 special cartridges, which are the same diameter but slightly shorter since the 357 was designed to be a more powerful round. The Python Rick uses has a 6-inch barrel, and the gun was also available in a 2.5 and 4-inch barrel length. snub nose. A similar design was used for the Cold Anaconda, which is a high-caliber revolver chambered for the 44 magnum cartridge and then later for the 45 colt cartridge Whew. now john if you could have written in with a little more detail i would have been more, yeah can more you be impressed. more specific next time <laughs> uh but no that's awesome i mean that is everything you would ever want to know or at least in me about about the python colt python in in the show well i definitely didn't know that you could put a 38 uh, round in a 357 magnum and and that's he says that's because it's the same diameter, just yeah. shorter. Shorter okay. round, yes. That makes sense. So it fits down the barrel, basically. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know any of this stuff. As I've revealed on other episodes, I really don't know jack about guns. Right. Or weapons or tanks or... Anything that fires anything, really. Pro- probably, by some people's account, TV. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Slingshots. So, Have you ever fired a slingshot? N- maybe. Pellet maybe, gun? Maybe. Uh, yeah, pellet rifle. I've All fired. right. There you Air go. Air rifle... Is that it? Is it an air rifle, rifle different yeah. from a pellet? No? no. Okay. All right. So I fired an air slash pellet rifle. Right. Have you thrown a rock? I have done that. Mostly into water. Have you thrown a football? Yeah. Did you spin the football so that it spiraled? I can do that. Same concept N- as a bullet. Not great, but I can spiral a football. That's the same thing. The grooves in a barrel spin the bullet so that it has a truer trajectory. Yes. I did know that. 
Awesome. All righty. So that's great. Thanks, John, from Virginia, for giving us all the detail on the guns. Um, and that's it. That is it for for our listener feedback. Hopefully we get a little bit more and we can continue with it next week. Uh, what's next? Anything else? Anything else on the show here today? No, I think that's it. Um, how about we read some iTunes five-star reviews? We have a five-star iTunes review from the UK store. It's very exciting. We have uh, Surfing My Head Flesh with Style from a uh, Lemington Pete uh, in December. Okay. With the source material, uh, when the source material is so good, when you get appreciation, and it's better, the higher the appreciation. The Talking Dead is a delicious, enthusiastic uh, uh, appreciation of the Walking Dead US TV series. Sadly, the re- uh, season only lasted six episodes. That is sad. <laughs> it's very sad. That, uh, but the guys in The Talking Dead savor every bite that Kirkman, Darabont, and the cast and crew have provided for this brain-dead fan base. That's me, he says. He's the brain-dead fan base. All right. Definitely worth subscribing to. Warning. For those wanting podcasts with clips or sound effects or something stupid to fill the time, this isn't for you. It's pure walk and talk, and it makes you hungry for more of the show. My tip, uh, catch the comics. There are seven, 79 issues, and if you love the TV series, you'll adore the comic just as much, <coughs> even if you think comics are for teenagers and old men. <laughs> well, we we are more in the old men category. I guess if I you got to choose one category for us, we'd fall in the old men. <laughs> Certainly not teenagers. Uh, is that it? That's it. Good. Thank um, you, Lemington Pete. Very good. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. Please uh, go to iTunes if you can and, and write some reviews. Even just five star us. That's that's fantastic. Five star and then like the show. That'd be great. Like the show. That'd be amazing. Um, and that is going to wrap things up for this week, I think. Congratulations to our contest, our poster contest winner. And thanks to everyone who wrote in. Coming up next on The Talking Dead... Next week, we have something very exciting happening. We are going to do a joint double podcast. A double, double podcast. A double jointed podcast <laughs> with uh, Jason and Karen from the Walking Dead cast. Uh, we are going to do the top 10 things we loved about the whole first season of The Walking Dead. It'll be posted on their feed and on our feed in two halves. So uh, please check that out. Please listen. We'll do. Probably the first half on their show and the second half on ours. Sure. Um, and if you haven't checked them out, by all means, go over to um, walkingdeadcast.com. Crap, I should have looked that up before. I hope that's what the URL is. I'll post a link in our show notes. Um, and if you would like to contact us, it would be fantastic. Email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe in iTunes or find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. And finally, before we go, the toll free phone number you can call to leave your thoughts, comments, and questions is one eight six four eight three Zomb. That's one eight six six four eight three Z O M B or nine six six two. Toll free. You have no reason not to call and let us know what you think. The B is for bargain. <laughs> sure is <laughs> and the bargain is that it's free it's free absolutely <laughs> free to call there you go after we do our our joint podcast next week we're going to take a break off for the holidays take a break <laughs> off that's close we're going to take a break off for the holidays off for the holidays <laughs> and then come back in january with more walking dead news and some other stuff hopefully so please tune in thanks everyone for listening until next time have a great week and stay warm Oh, yeah, if you're in this city, stay warm. Bye. Bye.